0: Welcome in on a Monday edition of the podcast. A lot to catch up on like usual. Do our regular film review as I look back on that Boise State game for BYU. What did I take away after re-watching the game? We'll examine that. We'll also talk a little bit about BYU moving up another spot in the national rankings to number eight in both the coaches and the AP polls. Has BYU reached about the pinnacle of where they can go in the national rankings. We'll examine that ahead on today's show, as well as catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Our title sponsor today is our good friends at Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself 20% on your next order. Love that company. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in today's show. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 9th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to download your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars, with us here. Starting off today's show BYU fresh off the heels of beating Boise State 51 to 17. The national rankings came out yesterday and BYU, wouldn't you know it, you win a game, you keep moving up. The Cougars checking at number 8 this week in the national polls, both the coaches and the AP poll. If you're new to the show, I put more stock into the AP top 25 than do the coaches poll, but they are the major polls until the college football playoff rankings come out at the end of this month and We're looking forward to that. So BYU moves up one spot. They check in at number eight with 1,101 votes. They're just over 100 votes behind Cincinnati, the fellow, I guess, what you'd call G5 compatriot in the top 10. The Bearcats are at number seven, Florida at number six, Texas A&M five, Clemson four, Ohio State three, Notre Dame two, and Alabama one. Now, here's the discussion I wanted to have on today's show. It's awesome to see BYU still in the top 10. There's no doubt about it. BYU's done some incredible things this season. Of course, 8-0. And fresh off the heels of their biggest beatdown or the biggest opponent they've had to date, and that's Boise State, you would think, okay, BYU probably should move up. I'm looking at this though. And I had a discussion with my dad at family dinner yesterday, and he is a big BYU fan. And Nate, if you're listening to this, thanks for being a great dad, but we were talking about it. And I told him, Hey, he, well, his question was, Hey, where did BYU move in the national rankings? And I said, they moved up to number eight. And he's like, after that buck kicking, why wouldn't they go higher than that? And it's a valid question. There's no doubt about it. I feel like BYU should have probably moved up a, a higher amount than they did. But I think what I talked about, this is probably going back two or three weeks, I felt like at some point BYU was going to reach what I call a glass ceiling in the national rankings, and I feel like they may be nearing it. Obviously, if a team like Cincinnati were to lose or Florida loses another game, Texas A&M even for that matter, BYU likely could move up another spot, but I don't feel like BYU is going to break into the top five unless there are multiple losses by those teams at the top. Obviously, Notre Dame beating Clemson was a little bit of a surprise. Even with backup quarterback, you thought, you know what? Maybe the Tigers, they're a little wounded, but they're still pretty good. It took him double overtime, speaking of the Notre Dame fighting Irish, to win that game. But I think that those four teams sitting that those four spots, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, by most people's prognostications, those are your four favorites to make the college football playoff currently. I know that Texas A&M and Florida absolutely will have their say. Florida absolutely will be thinking, hey, we're an SEC team. They're not going to ignore us. Texas A&M's got to be thinking the same thing as long as they keep winning games. The issue for BYU is they only have two games remaining this season. There will be a bye this weekend. There is no chance of them scheduling a game according to, well, you know, Tom Homo. On social media over the weekend saying that, hey, this team has played seven straight weeks, folks. We get your passion. We know you guys want to see them play again. This team needs a break. And I completely agree. BYU needs to have a weekend off. Let some of these players heal up. Also catch up on school, work, and the like. But when they get back onto the field this coming, I guess, week from Saturday, when they take on North Alabama... We'll see if BYU is able to stay remain static in the national polls or if they drop at all. Miami's pretty far behind BYU in terms of the actual votes right now. Uh, the Hurricanes have 958 votes, which is almost 150 votes behind BYU. 150 points, not votes, but points behind BYU. So I feel like even if BYU off this weekend and let's say there's a shocker in the sec where either texas a&m or florida lose they likely drop behind byu then you move up i don't know what it'll take for byu to pass cincinnati i'm not sure they'll ultimately be able to as long as the bearcats keep winning but the nice part is the cougars sitting at eight zero, folks they're sitting pretty that's the fun part about this i think that byu if they remain in the top 10 it'll be near impossible to leave them out of the New Year's Six. And let's clarify one more time on this. The New Year's Six Bowl games, they automatically have a spot for the G5's highest ranked team. Under the current rules with the college football playoff and the New Year's Six Bowl games, BYU does not qualify for that spot. So no matter what, Cincinnati, if they are the highest ranked G5 team come, what is it, December 20th, when that selection show comes with the final college football playoff rankings, the Bearcats will get the automatic bid in the New Year's Six. BYU will have to get an at-large bid into the college football playoffs New Year's Six Bowl games. I think BYU is worthy of it. I think this team is a fantastic program. I absolutely think that they are deserving of this opportunity so long as they finish the season 10-0 and or maybe 11-0 at that point. Who knows if they add a game here in the next few weeks. But I do think BYU is worthy, and they have shown the nation that this team can hang with anybody and beat the crap out of anybody. I don't care that Boise State had a backup running back or backup quarterbacks playing in that game. Their defense gave up 51 points to BYU. The Cougars went out and took it, folks. There was none of this. They lucked into things. They have absolutely rolled the teams they have played this year, and that's what the exciting part about this BYU football program is, is they're beating the crap out of the teams they are playing the average score for BYU. And this was pointed out, by the way, Saturday night football, the Clemson Notre Dame game, Kirk Herbstreit, a big time fan of BYU this year. He said that team's beating everybody up. And he said that in that, he said in that segment, when he was talking about of the game, BYU's average score in terms of their score versus their opposition, 45 to 13. BYU is just pummeling opponents, folks. This is a really good football team, and I know a lot of people still out there saying, well, they're not playing anybody. They're playing glorified high school football teams, blah, 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 blah. Great. I hope BYU gets an opportunity to play a top-level G5, not top-level G5, top-level P5 team in a New Year's Six Bowl game, the likes of, let's say, a Texas A&M, a and Florida, et cetera. Give me one of those teams, and I want to see BYU go to toe-to-toe with one of those teams. I think this year's BYU football program against their original schedule would have been really feisty and would have had a really good shot to have a nice record against that. I hope and pray that they get that opportunity to go out there and show it on the biggest stage. Don't give us any of this garbage where you match up Cincinnati and BYU. Give us an opportunity to see BYU play a power five team and I want to see how the Cougars hang. If they get their butts kicked, well, maybe they were a shadow of what we thought they were. But I think right now, based on what I've seen, this is a BYU team who can hang with almost anybody. And I hope they get that opportunity to do so. All right, we will look back at that Boise State game for just a little bit here in just a moment. I wanted to tell you some of the things I saw after rewatching the game, what I like to call my film review Mondays here on the podcast. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar Guys. I love these built bars; they're fantastic. Another story about my dad yesterday. By the way, I walked into my parents' house. We have family dinner every so often to their house, and I walk in and looking in the pantry, and I see the familiar uh, packaging of a built bar. And I turn around, I'm like, "Hey, did you guys buy some built bars?" And he's like, "Yeah, I like them." I'm like, "Well, did you use my promo code?" He's like, "What promo code?" I'm like, "Dad, you need to be listening to the podcast. I can save you some money on these built bars." He's like, "Really? Yeah, absolutely. You can save some money on them." And he said, I'm a big fan of the built bars. And he, like I said, my dad has not heard me talk about built bars on this podcast. He bought them independently and he is loving them. I'm telling you what, folks, I love built Bars. They're covering 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. They taste like a candy bar. I mean it sincerely. And the best part is they're perfect for the health conscious guy or gal. They're perfect for the keto diet. They're high in protein, high fiber, but low sugar, low fat guys. They are the best option for you when it comes to your dieting. Check it out. That's builtbar.com. You can learn more about them. 18 different flavors, by the way. I guarantee you can find one or two that you will enjoy, and I'm not going to lie. I think I've had every single one of them. If I haven't, I haven't found it yet. Let's put it that way. So check it out, guys. That's builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Save yourself 20%. My dad, Nate Hatch, he'll be using that promo code here in the next little bit. So check it out, guys. That's promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Save yourself 20% and enjoy the best-tasting protein bars in the market. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. All right, folks, let's take a minute and look back at that Boise State game. If you're like me, you like to re-watch BYU games, and I've been doing this since I started this podcast over two years ago, is when BYU plays games, I go back and watch them, and on Mondays on the podcast, I do what I call a film review. And we're going to look back now at BYU's eighth game of the season with Boise State. First things first, we need to have a discussion about what Isaac Rex is doing, folks. I know that Vanquish the Foe also wrote a piece on this, He is having a breakout campaign. Obviously, there was a lot of doom and gloom when it came out during training camp that Matt Bushman was lost for the season. And yes, it is a loss for BYU's offense not to have an all-American caliber tight end on the field. There's no doubt about it. But I'm telling you what, in watching what is going on with Isaac Rex right now and the way he is playing, he is absolutely. Absolutely a star. And I mean that he's a star right now. He's a redshirt freshman. But folks, we're looking at a kid who's going to be around BYU for at least one more year, I would imagine maybe one or two more years at the very minimum, but he is absolutely phenomenal. His block on the opening touchdown run for uh for Tyler Algier, the 86-yard sprint he had, was a thing of beauty. He came off, made his chip block. That he was assigned to do, but then he goes and cleans up in the second level a safety that completely sprung uh Tyler Algier to get off to the races. He is the total package, folks, six foot six, 250 some odd pounds, not afraid to block, actually more physical in the blocking department than I feel Matt Bushman has ever been. That's just my personal opinion. And I've been very impressed watching what he has been doing this year for the Cougars and of course adds two touchdowns. I think he passed his dad already, who was an All-American during his career, his senior year for touchdowns in a single season. I'm telling you what, the ability of a guy like Isaac Rex, he's an absolute weapon. He runs routes like a wide receiver. You saw that on the opening play of the game. He runs a slant route, and Zach Wilson fires it in there. This is an offensive staff for BYU. Speaking of Aaron Roderick, Jeff Grimes, and the rest of the co- the group there, Steve Clark, Fessy Satake, etc., that understand what this kid can do. Somebody pointed out to me, it might have been our good friend Nate Slack, by the way, Nate, a longtime listener, he pointed out to me a couple weeks ago, he's like, hey, have you seen these formations when they actually have a wide receiver and Isaac Rex to the one side of the field, and Isaac Rex is actually flexed out wide, so essentially the wide receiver is the slot receiver, and I said, yeah, I've noticed that, and he's like, I wonder why that is. Well, you wonder why it is, and I think Nate understands this now, it's because a guy like Isaac Rex, he is as good as wide receiver in terms of the short yardage routes. He's not gonna run as smooth of a route on a deep ball as let's say a Dax Milne or a Gunnar Romney. But I'm telling you what, when you're 6'6, 250 pounds, you can shield off a defender, out slants everything that's kind of that short passing yardage, it's an absolute weapon to have. I love watching Isaac Rex play, and I think he's going to be an absolute star for the Cougars over the next one to two years uh, before potentially jumping to the NFL. We'll see how everything develops for him, but he's a star, folks. It's absolutely phenomenal to see what he's doing. Another guy who we need to talk about is Gabe Summers. Gabe Summers needs to be on scholarship as soon as humanly possible. This is a young man who came in as a relative unknown from Westlake High School in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and has really turned himself into the number two option a defensive tackle for BYU. BYU went with a lot of three and four-man fronts against Boise State, but when they went to that four-man front, Gabe Summers was the defensive tackle alongside Kairos Tonga. He had that big sack early on in Jack Sears. He was an absolute pest all night long, making life miserable for Boise State's offensive line. I'm telling you what BYU and their ability to find gems in their re- recruiting when it comes to their preferred walk-ons. Think of the likes, uh, think of the guys like Dax Milne, Peyton Wilgar, uh, Tyler Algier. They're all guys who came to BYU as walk-ons and have absolutely gone on to stardom. And Gabe Summers is just the latest when it comes to that. Gabe, the difference with him is I don't believe he was a preferred walk-on. He came to BYU as, an, as just a walk-on, but has proven he is a very valuable asset for the BYU football program and they need to get him on scholarship as soon as possible he is just a great great player a couple other things from this game many of you I saw during the game were very upset with BYU and their defensive staff in terms of why are we keep dropping eight keep dropping seven a guy like Cade Fennigan the backup quarterback who came into this game against Boise State that was his first collegiate action He was a deer in the headlights. And yes, he had some good throws, absolutely. But by and large, BYU was not about to bring the heat and have him burn them on quick passes. They said, you know what? We're going to go back to similar what we did a year ago when Keaton Slovis for USC came to Provo as a relatively unknown quarterback, a young quarterback who hadn't seen a lot of action. BYU dropped eight, really just filled all of the gaps in terms of the passing game and said, you know what? You beat us with your arm, you beat us with your arm, but we don't think you're going to do it. Cade Fennegan couldn't do it. Keenan Slovis couldn't do it. So I think when BYU, let's understand that when they have a quarterback that's as young and as inexperienced as a guy like Cade Fennegan was, you're not going to see a lot of blitzing. There was still some blitzes in that game for BYU and some extra man pressures that they brought. But by and large, they didn't have to do much because Cade Fenegan. As a young man, a young quarterback, they're going to get confused. There's no doubt about it. It's a different level playing at the collegiate level. And a quarterback in particular who is serving as what? Technically the fourth string quarterback because I know Chase Cord, the guy who played the game last year for BY, for Boise State in the win for the Cougars, he's been out with injury all year long. So technically Kate Fenegan's a fourth string quarterback And wasn't expecting probably to play much, if at all, this year. So it's good to see BYU's defense really having a solid day without having to do a ton, if that makes sense. I thought it was a great outing for BYU's defense once again. And the defense for BYU is getting overlooked because of this offense's absolute dominance when it comes on the field. But BYU's defense has been very, very good this year. And it's good to see them winning games in different ways. They have won games with a lot of pressure. You think back to the Houston game. They started bringing some heat in the second half, going to that cover one man scheme, and it worked out. Against Boise State, when you knock Jack Sears out of the game, and by the way, I know that Boise State fans are crying foul about Keenan Peeley saying he should have been, uh, been ejected for targeting. I have watched that play so many times, and it's just tough to really believe that Keenan Peely was trying to injure a quarterback. He was on a sneak. His job as a linebacker is to come up and absolutely hit the guy as hard as he possibly can to probably stone that lineman is what his thought is. And he just happens to go helmet to helmet with Jack Sears and it knocks him out of the game. It's an unfortunate injury. There's no doubt about it. It would have been nice to see Boise State have Jack Sears finish that game, but It is what it is, and you know what? It's the game of football. I wouldn't think that Jack Sears is holding much of a grudge, if any, I don't think, for that, but you never know. So we'll see what happens in that regard and see how Boise State does the rest of the year, but you hope that they have a good season to help BYU and their strength of schedule play out that way couple of notes here, guys that I really enjoyed. Brady Christensen, I thought, had one of his best games this year. Uh, Brady's a guy that could leave for the NFL after this upcoming season, and I would ex- imagine that he explores the possibility of doing so. I don't know if he ultimately does, but if he plays games like he did against Boise State, they're going to be NFL teams drooling over his potential he was absolutely phenomenal especially in the run department his run blocking's kind of been the big knock on him is his physicality when it comes to run blocking he really showed something in that game against boise state we already talked about isaac rex and his block on that big touchdown run for tyler algier i'll tell you what brady christensen he had some phenomenal blocking on that play as well that really helped spring tyler on the td run so I thought it was a really good showing for Brady Christensen re-watching. I think Pro Football Focus actually had him graded at 94.6. Really impressive to see them give him that high of a grade, but it was well-deserved. And then one other thing here for you guys, I actually like some of the new things BYU's offense showed. I don't know how many of you noticed it, but there was a couple of different run plays that BYU ran in this game that were really effective with Tyler Algier. Uh, He went in motion one play and then motioned back and took a, a sweep, essentially, around the left side. He motioned to the right, came back right as the snap was being received by Zach Wilson. It's a handoff, and he goes off left tackle. Really cool, I think, uh, new thing from BYU's offense they put in there and then also late in the game when Algier scored his second touchdown run that's fly sweep motion with him lined up as the up back instead of Mason Wick they essentially flip places to see him run that fly sweep and score that touchdown it's another new wrinkle for BYU's offense I thought that was really really cool to see and it shows that BYU they are continuing to add things to this offense it's already multifaceted and run so many different things they're still finding new ways to really attack defenses, and that should be exciting to you as a BYU fan. So there you go. Some of my takeaways from BYU and their win over Boise State, and I have to say, watching it again, that was about as thorough a beatdown as I've seen in some time. And it was fun to see BYU go out there and have all that success against the Broncos. All right. We will catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a moment. Wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the BYU Boise state rivalry. I tweeted something on Saturday night about this, maybe becoming a real rivalry. And we should have a name for it. Well, there were some suggestions sent in on social media. We'll talk about those. And we'll also catch up on some of the other news when it comes to BYU men's golf and other BYU sports teams who are in action over the weekend. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I love this company. They're the best pest control option if you're looking for anything out there. If you want to give them a call anytime, you can do so by calling them at 801-851-1812. We are giving away a free pest control treatment. We'll do that giveaway this coming Friday when we talk with Seth Baird, the owner of All Guard Pest Control, here on the podcast. If you have any questions about your pest control needs, no matter what it might be, send them in now. Let us know what you guys have and you'll be entered to win a free treatment we've already done one giveaway we'll do another one this weekend and hoping that you guys can get the best treatment from the best pest control company out there i love all guard pest control they're based in utah valley but they can sit- service anybody up and down the wasatch front no job is too big or too small for them they also do commercial pest control as well so you have a building or a business you need taken care of all guard pest control can handle that as well like i said give them a call anytime 801 851 1812 you also can check them out online at all guard pest controls with an s that's all guard pest controls learn more about them Their online reviews are absolutely phenomenal, guys. I mean it when I say it. This is the best pest control company out there. They take care of my home. I hope you'll trust them to take care of yours as well. Once again, that's All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812, or check them out now at allguardpestcontrols.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. All right, folks, I was having some fun on Saturday night when BYU was blowing out Boise State, and when Boise State was going back and forth with the Cougars, the onside kicks and the like, and BYU remained out there with their first string offense, and it just kind of went back and forth. I felt like that was a moment when this rivalry became a true rivalry and I tweeted as such and some of you responded with some ideas and my tweet said I think tonight is cemented this series is a true rivalry onside kicks down big BYU leaving their starters in the entire game let's find a cool name and trophy for it and I sent that out there and there were some interesting responses and I want your guys' responses if you didn't see it on social media so if you are interested in naming the BYU Boise State rivalry send them in you can follow the show on social media Facebook Instagram Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Cougars, my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C hatch. Feel free to weigh in that way. Love hearing from you guys and getting your insights on what you like about BYU. And feel free to weigh in with your rivalry name ideas. So some of the names that were sent in. Old school BYU, our good friend, saying battle for the shopping cart. Interesting idea there. Tricky Tanner at Tricky teal, another longtime listener. The BYU Boise Bash. That's not bad. Another big job. Another good job with alliteration there, Tricky Tanner. Uh, Greg Welch at Art Director BYU said, I've been trying to get someone to make a beehive stuffed with gems for a long time in terms of a trophy. Be kind of interesting to have a stuffed uh, to have a beehive with gems all over it. Be the traveling trophy. A couple other ones. uh, Sean Howard, BYU, the Rocky Mountain Rumble. And this created a pretty funny thing. Tricky Tanner says, I think that's the name for the Utah, Colorado rivalry. And then uh, Gene Offret at UD says, they aren't rivals. Well, you're not wrong, but it's kind of funny that you'd weigh in on that. Uh, another trophy name idea, the true MWC champ. That comes in from Daniel Smith at Dan Smith, BYU 16. Uh, photo for you at Photo Fisher saying blue on blue violence. It's not a bad one. Uh, TKO 140 part six saying the blue ball. That's not bad. Uh, of course, both teams wearing blue. Uh, ravishing Ryan Moser. Ryan Moser in 497. The war on I-84 i went back and forth with him on this one that's the problem is byu's what two hours away from i-84 you have to get all the way to ogden maybe the closest to get to i-84 so maybe that one doesn't work there justin sweeney a casserole dish of potatoes al Grotten is the traveling trophy will be a fun post-game snack for the winner of that game i don't mind that one uh, bob jones at bob jones underscore seven six zero clash of the g5 titans not a bad one, except BYU's not G5 technically. Also, Brian at Ku Jazz saying the Wilson War, not bad considering, of course, BYU once upon a time stole Zach Wilson from Boise State, but... That won't last forever, I don't think. Scott Hammer said, nah, I'm not a big fan, so I don't know what to make of that. And then a couple other ones here. Mike Polson and MPoulsen62 says, trophy hopefully is just a bunch of funeral potatoes winning team gets to eat in celebrations. Going back to our other commenter just a little bit ago. And then one final one. I think this is the funniest one of the night. Idaho in blue a blue, or- blue and orange fish on Twitter, we can just bronze this. And it's a picture of Louis Lapuaho when he uh, may have punched a guy below the belt in a Boise State BYU game way back when. So some fun ideas, but if you guys have some, please send them in. We'd love to hear from you guys and get your insights and let you guys have your thoughts heard on the podcast about what we should name this rivalry going forward all right a couple other quick notes before we go on today's show congratulations to BYU sophomore swimming swimmer Katie McBratney she broke the Richards building pool record for the 200 yard individual medley in the Cougars meet against Dixie State Friday so congratulations to her on winning that award or breaking that record I guess Should say not winning the award breaking that record pretty impressive to do that as a sophomore congratulations to her All-American runner uh, BYU Casey Klinger took first place at the Weber State Invitational to help the number 2-ranked BYU men's cross-country team uh, edge out a one-point victory over Weber State at the Round Valley Golf Course on Friday. Good to see BYU men's uh, cross country back in action. And congratulations to them on that solid showing. Men's cross country is now done for their fall season. They'll be back this coming spring when the NCAA championships will be held. They're usually held uh, this time of year, actually. I think it's like early December when they're finally held. So normally they're right in the middle of their slate. But as it stands, they'll be getting ready. For the spring season one other note in terms of the cross country things is congratulations to both whitney orton as well as connor mance they were named as the october west coast conference co-runners of the month uh, whitney orton obviously has set all kinds of records both in indoor and outdoor track as well as cross country and then connor mance part of the defending national champion men's cross country team good to see that both of them getting those awards from the west coast conference all right, one final note before we go is BYU men's golf was in action over the weekend. We talked a little bit about it on Friday. We're in third place after the first two rounds of the Rustic Collegiate Invitational there in Park, California, and that's where BYU finished the tournament in third place against their fellow West Coast Conference teams down there at Rustic Canyon Golf Course. A good showing, though, for Carson Lundell. Shot a final round 66 to finish tied for second place. At the tournament, good to see him have a good showing and just a good showing of an improved showing, I guess what we should say for BYU men's golf. They like the men's cross country program; are done for the uh, fall semester. They'll be back in the spring, chasing another NCAA uh, championship invite. We'll see how they do this coming spring. But a big congratulations to Carson Lundell. It's a good showing for him individually, tied for second place. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Once again, a big thank you for your support of the podcast. It is a pleasure to be with you guys each and every day. If you guys would like to weigh in with us anytime, feel free to do so via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys. You got advertising requests, whatever you got for us feel free to reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. So once again, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. We'll be back tomorrow talking about BYU's lone media availability this week, which happens today. Kalani Satake as well as some of his players speaking to the media, and we'll have that for you on tomorrow's podcast. All right, that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for November 9th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.